Party people! Yeah! Tag team music in full effect. That's me, DC, the brain supreme. And my man Steve Rowland, we're kicking the flow. We're kicking the flow. And it goes a little something like this. Tag team, back again. Check it, direct it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoices. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoop, that is Hitman. Whoop, <laughs> Perfect intro for a Zurich Classic Week. I mean, tag teams. Back again. Week. Yeah. So, short, short week this week. I mean... To me, it feels like we haven't done a podcast in like a year, but that's only because I'm still not over Tiger. I don't. I mean, I don't know how you could be. What did you do Sunday? You had Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. I rewatched the Masters Sunday night. I actually, um, I actually got to watch a little bit of the Heritage. Uh, I watched the last three holes of CT Pan playing, which was a okay. He balled out. Nice victory. Big win. First win for CT Pan. Chinese Taipei University of Washington, bring it. Yep, um, beat our boy Kucher. Yep, uh, it was actually a pretty pretty good finish there. He made a made a nice par on eighteen. Kucher made a birdie to put some pressure on him. But uh, good little tournament. I I like watching that golf course. I mean, I, I tweeted out Dustin Johnson. Just, I mean, he took it lead, deep on leading, Saturday night. <laughs> a leading He's ball. back. Leading by one and shot 77 on Sunday with a birdie on the last hole. He started out playing okay, and then Sunday scaries hit him. And Yeah, they hit him on like uh, 11 or 12. He went like bogey, 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 double, double. Double, double, yep. Birdie like, 18. <laughs> birdie 18 to finish. Top, top 30 finish. <laughs> Beat a lot of people. From leading to uh, T29 he finish. He didn't want to be there. RBC made him. I mean, he doesn't want to be there, but he's but, leading going into the final round. Weird week this week. Team event. Um, weird format. Dom's playing with Peter Uline. Furyk's playing with Duvall. Drew Love's playing with Davis Love. Man, that's just terrible. We're just not even going to get into it. There's some interest. I mean, some of the teams I was looking at are just so off the wall. I don't I would like to ask some of the guys how they pick their partners. Like, B. I, Todd didn't get picked. I know. But but Chris Kirk picked Sepp Straka. He's yeah. another Georgia guy. Bunch of BS that B Ty's not out there. <laughs> but you but they're 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 just some interesting teams and and I would like to ask how much sponsors influence some of the picks or agents. They're just some weird mixes. There were some yeah, I mean I, I can't say it or come up with it off the top of my head, but I mean Charlie Hoffman's playing with like in King Kang or something. I mean, uh, I could be wrong there. Matt Every is playing like Kyung Hung Lee. That that's what it was. It wasn't Hoffman. It was Matt Every. Oh, okay, so yeah. that's when you think. But where does that come from? Right, right. Cantlay's with Patrick Reed. Yeah, who's friends with either one of those people? Uh, Bubba and JB Holmes. Mm-hmm. That's just the two misfits. Good golfers, but misfits. Yeah. Nobody, I don't think it's, anybody wants to hang out with them. It's all strange, but whatever. Dom's going to win with Uline. Best well, ball, so alternate what's, So shot. what's Dom's connection to Uline? Do you have any idea? They both uh, live down in South Florida and got to know each other just through okay. living there. Uh, our boy Patton's playing with Brian Harmon, who they've been... We, we know that connection. Yeah, they've been friends for a long time. So you you can... You know some of them, but... That makes sense. But, like, why is Fierick playing with Duval? <laughs> right. Like, Fierick can't find somebody else to play with. Stricker and uh, Jerry Keller withdrew. Oh, okay. I was just I'll say, but that would make sense for that yeah. pairing, Wisconsin guys. They, yeah, they've they've played the last few years. They withdrew. Also, a team event on the Champions Tour, I guess, this week. I really? That. That's what uh, Trevor was saying. Um, his uncle's not going to play because it's a team event. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Team event seems cool. It's a different different thing to watch. Hey, it's way better There's... than watching the guys play some TPC course and. In New Orleans, that nobody cares about. Two weeks after the Masters, right. that Tigers, I mean, the course Tiger's not playing. The course doesn't have a whole lot of character. Mm-hmm. It's a good move for them. Now people care. They're having uh, walk-up songs. I think that Steve Elkin can design this course, and then David Tom's designed a course in Houston. Yes, which I doesn't doesn't that make somewhere. sense because 
Ellington went, to, went to Houston. Louisiana. David Thomas is from Louisiana. <laughs> went to LSU. You'd think they would have done that backwards. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But any anyway, this week we got a, a special treat. One of JP's buddies, Trevor Sluman, who yeah. has been playing on the PGA Tour of China, joined us for uh, close to an hour. We weren't planning on that long, but, you know, just we talked to him about just the travel over there. Um, and then it's interesting just that, you know, top 10 over there on the money list end up getting status on the web.com or into the web.com final. So he pretty much just decided, Hey, this is a better, better way for me to try to find my way to the PGA tour. Yeah. His, his take on the mini tours was very interesting to me where he was like, you know what? The mini tours get you a check, but there's no carrot at the end of it. And even though the carrot's small and so few people get it, that's a better way to chase it, I guess, to try and move up. At yeah. Least, at least it's defined, like, you know what, if I do this well this whole year, I get to the next level. You know? Right. It, he's They've had three events this year. I think he's finished first, third, and tenth. Yeah, he's second on the money list. I don't know how that doesn't make him first. I question their arithmetic over there. No. And then you'll hear some interesting stories about some situations with caddies over there too, or at least one. Yeah, and, and we get him to rate. Obviously, JP's caddied for him. And um, for for all you people that have told me no, you better listen. That's right. So, anyway, enjoy the interview with Trevor Sluman, and we'll be back next week with maybe a guest and maybe just another podcast. Yeah. So stay tuned. And we're live. Trevor Sluman, live from Florida. So give us a little rundown of what you've been doing the past couple of weeks. You you won in China uh, two and a half, uh, April 8th. Yeah, and I uh, just got back about a whole week ago back in Florida. Took a little time off and uh, getting back to the grind and uh, doing some practicing for the next, uh, for the next three events out in China. Coming up, I'm leaving May 5th for those, and uh, I always like taking a break coming back from China from the jet lag and just three weeks of straight competition. So coming back into uh, practice mode and getting ready for that. Now, how long does it take you to adjust when you go over there? What's the time difference? Yeah, it's uh, it's 12 hours ahead of us right here on the eastern eastern coast. So um, it's actually not too bad when you go over there, though. It's when you fly over, you know, you're – pretty beat at night and you fall asleep at like eight o'clock but then you wake up early but it's not a bad thing for a golfer you know so on mondays and tuesdays for our practice rounds it's trying to get to be the first guy off and uh so i don't really mind that at all but when when you come back it's it's kind of brutal so you're falling asleep at like four or five o'clock and waking up at like 2 a.m it takes about a full week to really adjust back yeah so Let's backtrack a little bit. We we just kind of jumped straight into this China thing. We don't we don't have any background on you yet. Um, for the people at home and checking this out, um, Trevor is a good friend of mine. Grew up in Rochester. I want I just kind of want to take a walk back through your career. How you got kind of yeah. into golf because you were, you were a little bit of a late bloomer. I mean, you were a star tennis yeah, player as sure. a junior. Mm-hmm. Didn't really start <laughs> playing golf until like tenth grade at McQuaid. Is that right? Um, you know, I think it was like uh. I think I tried out for the JV team in eighth grade and uh, I think coach Odenbach kind of just kind of did like a favor for my dad since they were friends and let me on the team, even though I didn't really deserve it at all. But then uh, I always remember actually like topping my first tee shot at tryouts. in eighth Shadow grade, Lake. I just, yeah. Shadow Lake. Exactly. Yeah. Probably on the exact course too. Remember that with the, like the mat on the first hole. Yeah. <laughs> The First Shadow Lake was an executive course, but they had a little nine-hole executive course. And that's where uh, y'all did qualify? For the JV team, we oh, do a qualifier yeah, for the over the JV there. team. Nice. Yeah, she was great, though. You know, we had pizza parties after all the <laughs> yeah. all the matches and all that. But uh, like my kids' T-balls games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except we were high schoolers. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get on the adversity team with, the, with all you legends like yourself until I was a sophomore. And then three years of that. And then uh, slowly and slowly got better and better. So it's kind of surprising. I mean, your your uncle's Jeff Sluman, clearly, and we'll, we'll probably get to that at some point. How were you not drawn to golf at a younger age to where you really want to make that your main focus? Uh, 
you know, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't drawn to it at all. It's, um, you know, I was always interested in it. I, I watched it all the time. And, you know, I was always, my dad was always watching my uncle play on TV. And, and I was right there next to him. But for, for some reason, I just really liked tennis. And I kind of had that mindset of this is what I want to do. And I don't want to do anything else. And then uh, I think I was like, I think I was 13. And I had foot surgery playing tennis. The doctor told me I kind of needed to stay off of it for a couple months. And I was kind of getting bored. And next thing you know, uh, a couple buddies were playing golf. And I was just kind of chilling out at home. And I lived on the golf course. And I was just super bored. And I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to go play some golf. And then really haven't played tennis ever since. You were were pretty – I mean, walk us through your uh, skill level of tennis at the time. Were you – like, uh, would you have been uh, able to play college tennis on the path you were on? Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. Were you nationally uh, I, I ranked? Was, yeah, I was. I had that whole thing. I wouldn't say I was going to be, you know, like, at the level of golf I am now just because you have totally different, like, age levels for being competitive and whatnot in tennis for pro levels. But uh, I, w- I was pretty good. I would have definitely played college tennis. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that at all, but... I mean, when you turn 13, you know, who knows how people, you know, grow and their bodies mature. Things change a lot. So we'll never know, I guess. But uh, I'm pretty happy with my my decision to play golf. See, I think that's great to hear, though, that, I mean, you didn't even really get into golf until eighth grade, 10th grade. Mm -hmm. And you got all these kids now that are. You know they don't play anything else, and they're eight years old, and all they play is golf. Yeah, and their their parents are caddying for them and piners of the U.S. kids. Right, and I mean just if you're talented, right, and and I played basketball all the way through high school. I mean, if you're talented in the sport, you're going to be talented in the sport. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I agree. And we we know a couple of guys uh, back in Rochester, like. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of at a young age and he's moved to Naples, Florida, and he's just playing golf year round. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, you're playing other sports when you're a kid in, in upstate New York, cause you can't play golf year round. Right. And you have that little bit of, you know, um, just, you learn different skill sets. You learn, you know, train your hand eye coordination. I think there's so much value in that too. There's something to be said for, but I mean, who you're talking about, um, is Will Thompson who just won the New York State Amateur and is at Texas? I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, I think he's just started. Yeah. So he's he, he figured it out okay, but he took a little different path. I mean, he was playing basketball at Menden and decided to give that all up to play golf year round, and it's kind of paid off for him right now. Yeah, I mean, I think he's in good shape, but uh, yeah, I mean, golf's so weird too. With you could be a world beater at at any age and then all of a sudden you can lose in a couple of years just just, it's really weird you know how it works so see your path your path was a little different through college too than uh a lot of people even some of your peers i mean you started out towson yeah i wouldn't even classify myself as like a as like a walk-on i kind of just i i didn't really like try out for the team but at the same time like i i talked to the coach when like july the moving was, was the coach. No, no, for Towson. Oh, you didn't have a spot at Towson. I didn't even know that. So uh, hold well, on. So your well, so your senior of high school, you go to you go to Towson, but you're not so sure if you have a spot. Senior, yeah, my senior year of high school didn't really do anything. I would say in golf at all. And then um, that summer, there's this uh, big junior event in upstate New York called the International Junior Masters. And that was what, what time of year was that? Probably JP, like June. Yeah, it's late June. Yeah. So is that the that, year that I came and played the pro am? I don't. My, I don't. Ben, your brother came and watched me, but I, I made it to the finals of that tournament. Dang, get get it. So I lost in the finals there on like the thirtieth, or no, not the thirtieth hole. Um, the the third playoff hole, and that kind of like springboarded me. Like, all right, I want to keep doing this. But I had no looks at all. It was June, and school starting up in Not school starting up in August. <laughs> yeah, I had, yeah. And I had no idea where I was even going. And this coach at Towson was just kind of like, "Yeah, we'll let you play, but you're definitely not getting scholarship." 
so I went there. <laughs> <laughs> so and, uh, had, what yeah. happened there? So I played, uh, played the whole fall semester. And then um, I, I played pretty solid golf, and I qualified into some good events. I had to go to finish at the Monroe Invitational, the Porter Cup. I think we and played a practice round that summer at the State Am, and I was like, "You're State Am." I, I I remember this. I was like, "You're way too good to be there. Let's get out of there. Let's go south." Yeah, and and then I was playing in the Monroe with Chris Malik, another friend of ours from upstate New York, and he was going into his senior year at Louisville, and he was like, "Man, you got to come!" Like, I remember him saying, "He's like, my roommate just graduated. He's like, I need a roommate. You got to come up now." So he like got me in contact with the coach and one thing led to another. I was Chris's roommate for his uh, senior, my sophomore year. And I spent the last three years at Louisville. That's pretty and, crazy. Uh, yeah. You, you were set to go to Binghamton at one point too, weren't you? Yeah, that was uh not to put you on the spot weird, about that. That. Was, that was a weird little thing. Yeah. Um, halfway through my, my Towson career, I was, already think about leaving just because there was no scholarship opportunities there. It was a little expensive and being out of state and, uh, Binghamton, you know, being in state tuition and nice coach, knowing a lot of guys on the team there, I was deciding to go there. And like, I think in like March, I decided I was going to go there, but then I had a couple more good tournaments in the summer. So then it was another, another late decision going to Louisville, like in July and moving in mid August. Okay, so after after Louisville, what happens? <laughs> after Louisville, I don't even decide to turn pro yeah, at all he, because he, he was waiting a while. Yeah, I was. Uh, I wasn't even really that good at Louisville. I uh, I played probably half the events there, and um, well, that's didn't know among, what I wanted to do. That's among a bunch of other things. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's not because he didn't have the game. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple little. A couple of things of uh, disagreement with the coaches and whatnot, but that's a, that's a whole different story. But um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, so I decided to actually like go to grad school, I, and so I got my MBA at a school called Lynn University down here in Boca Raton, Florida, and um, just was you know coaching D two golf with them and loving that and had a blast. Meet, you know, met some great guys and really good friends of mine now that are that I was actually like coaching. There was a couple of guys on the team that was actually like older than me, even though I was their assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. But uh yeah, we got to nationals, lost in the semifinals and nationals in Colorado. Had a great time there. And then after that whole like year of like watching the golf, I was like, man, I actually just want to play. And then I just decided to go to Q school that that fall and then uh turn pro. So you did did you enter Q school as an amateur first? No, that was just my first event as a pro. Okay. So what year yeah. was what year was the first year you went to Q school? That was fall of 2016. Okay. Do you have any success there? Uh, I got through pre-calls pretty pretty easily and then I think I missed getting the second stage by a shot. I went first stage in um Florence, South, yeah, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Cool, of course, there, yeah. But um, didn't make it through, and then I went to um, to Mexico to try to do Latin America Q School, and I missed getting a card there by another couple shots. So you were, was you were like, still grinding on schoolwork now then, too. I remember. Yeah, I was doing, yeah, because I still had to graduate, yeah. and I was, yeah, that was, um, I was kind of doing a little bit of both there, so I wasn't really totally focused on like the pro pro part of golf yet. So um, then I graduated in like March, the end of March. And then that's when it was kind of the start of um, China Q school. And I decided to go to Q school in China and I went to Kunming, China, which was like this oh, middle of nowhere, like an hour drive outside of the airport in the, like 8,000 feet of altitude Oh, no. cold as hell and got through Q school there and I had a card on the China tour. So, so that was 2016. That was, the row. Uh, that was 2017. 2017. Okay. Now, how did you, how did you get like, was somebody in, uh, in your ear about going to China? Like, how did you yeah. get that idea? 
So a buddy of mine was, he was actually on the Towson golf team. Uh, his name is Joe Gunnerman. He, um, he was on the Towson team. He was a sophomore when I was a freshman there. And I saw, you know, through a Facebook or whatnot, he was, he was going to China and I was like, man, like I miss Latin Q school. I miss Web Q school. Like I got to do something here. So messaged him, got some info about it. And he was like, yeah, I have to go back to Q school too, man. Like love somebody to go with just because, you know, I have no idea of people going there too. Cause he had been there the year previous, but didn't keep his card and he wanted to go back. So uh, we both went over there and both got our cards. He, he got his card back. And then we, uh, room together that whole year together and uh kept our cards and then we've now been there he's been there now four years and this is my third year there that's crazy yeah it's uh it's a long road but it's what it kind of takes you know to really get to that next level like it's so rare to see guys like i mean like jordan speeds just really like lightning in the bottle walking him and just get ran to the tour just like that it's so hard oh absolutely so over there in china Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I guess you didn't really feel like there are a whole lot of mini tours over here in the U.S. to play anymore. Was that kind of the the mindset? Yeah. Well, well you know, I'm, what my thoughts on mini tour golf are. I mean, you know, it, it's it's all great and whatnot, winning a tournament, you know, getting that big check and whatnot, and sure, it's that's satisfying and all that. But there's really no like end goal from them at all. Like, you know, you win a mini tour event what do you get from it? You get the check and that's it. Whereas, you know, when you get onto a tour like Latin America, China or Canada or Europe, at least, you know, you get some, you get some like more benefits from a win. You can, you know, get to the next level. You can get some world ranking points and you get all these different little things that will help you in the long run. Whereas many tour golf doesn't really do that for you. Yeah. So the, um, JP was trying to, I, called JP earlier and I'm like, so the top 10 on the China money list get into web.com finals. Is that right? Yeah. So how it works is number one guy on the tour gets full web status and then two through five on the tour get like partial conditional status where they will possibly get some starts in the first four to eight events, depending on the reshuffle and then six through 10, well, in two through ten all get to go to final stage and okay. better their status. So yeah, top ten is a huge, huge game changer to be able to skip first and second stage and then just going straight to finals and you already have like a little bit of a web card. So that's what I did last year. Came in ninth and um, didn't really have too good of status at all. So I'm just going back to China now to try to be better off for next year. Now, what do you? So you got the win a couple of weeks ago. What do you stand on the money list right now? Uh, number two right now. Okay, um, nice. I had a first, a fifth, and a tenth. But uh, ooh, behind the American. Yeah, another guy. His name is David Coker. Uh, he went to Maryland. He's a Terp, and uh, he had a he had a win, and I think a third, and then something else. But you know, all these tours, the top, the top like one, two, and three guys. It's the purse is so top heavy. So if you can get a a top five finish. That's really, really big. How many hey, you're, you're 30 grand ahead of Justin Hicks or 30, whatever this is. Yens. Justin Hicks. Yeah, Justin, Justin Hicks, Hicks played on a, Justin Hicks played Justin on Hicks. a Tar Hill tour when I was playing. He's, he almost won the US <laughs> Open one year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Justin's a good buddy of mine. I, I actually was kind of the guy that convinced him to go over there. He's been texting me nonstop about getting everything already over there. But you, you play a, a bunch of that minor league golf with him, don't you? Yeah, I play a lot of minor league golf with him. So he's, uh, you know, he's, this is what his last year of getting like web status based on his, like, uh, his past couple wins out there. So he's like, I got to use my web status. And, uh, you know, you can automatically get to play on Canada, Latin America, and, and PJ China with the, with your web status. So he's just trying to utilize that because if he doesn't do anything with it, then he's basically got nothing next year. Now, how many Americans are playing week to week out there? In China, uh, I would say, uh, well, this year is a lot more. I would say this year probably about thirty, whereas last year was probably fifteen. But then, then again, a lot of the a lot of the Americans too were like, um, 
are like Asian Americans where they have the U.S. passport, but they're kind of living in Korea or mainly Korea and or China. And they kind of are could play under either flag in a way. Mm, I gotcha. Yeah. Like John Young Kim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't met him. I haven't met him at all, but I think he plays under the American flag, right? Joey Lane's over there. Who? Joey Lane. Joey Lane. Joey Lane's playing there this year. Yeah, he uh, he I'm, got his I'm card just, over. I'm there. just looking through this. Peter Creighton's there. My God. Peter Creighton. He he uh, got a card, and he's been doing some Monday qualifying. Now tell me about the the travel over there. You go over there. So you go over there three weeks, you have yep. a couple weeks off, and then you go three weeks again, or? Yeah, they try to they try to make it a little bit more, like, foreign friendly, so, uh, you know, they don't really have just, like, one event with an open week on either end that makes it, like, kind of pointless for guys like us to not go over. Right. They do, you know, three weeks, and then you get a break, and another three weeks. So, um, yeah, we'll be going over there for for three weeks coming up. And then after that's all two weeks stints after that. So it's going to be the two weeks since kind of, kind of stink. Cause it's, it's an expensive flight. It's like, you know, a thousand or 1500 bucks. And you're just going over there for two weeks. And you know, if you're not playing hot and you go over and you miss the first cuts, like, man, I just flew all the way over here. And you know, I got two events and you're kind of laying an egg. It's, it, it, it kind of beats up on people sometimes. Not bad. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun though, because you get to see a lot of really cool places out in China. There's there's a lot to see out there. So I mean, I I I don't regret it at all. Just going to Beijing, seeing the pandas in Chengdu, and seeing the Great Wall, and there's so many really cool spots. Now, what are you staying in the hotels over there? I mean, where yeah. are you traveling in between events? Is yeah, it buses or what? Trains? What they do is. A little bit of everything. They they make it really easy for everybody. But they uh, they do host hotels, and the host hotels are usually pretty phenomenal. And uh, usually all like Marriotts or Sheraton resorts and really really nice spots. And then they set up a bus system, and you know on the half hours there'll be a bus to the golf course every day. And, uh, and then after the event, if the events within like four hours, they'll they'll set up a shuttle, and then everybody will be at the golf course on Sunday afternoon after the event and take the shuttle to the next golf course. But if it's too far, then everyone kind of books flights and then they, they have shuttles waiting at the airports for you to take you back to the hotel for the next event. They make it really easy for everybody. So, so yeah, it definitely sounds very foreign friendly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and even, even so if they didn't, I mean, your first time going over to China, I was pretty intimidated, but when you get the hang of it, it's really not that bad at all. And, it's a really safe country, so you don't mind taking taxis, and no matter where you are, it's it's not too hard. Now, do the do the women over there like Americans? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a couple times, like, yeah, you know, if, if on Tuesday night we used to have something called like the Tuesday night tour we would do, because the proams are all on the on late on Wednesday, so you can kind of like get away with some stuff on Tuesdays and. It's so funny when you go to these nightclubs, they kind of like want all the white people because <laughs> they, they're just like waiting for us because it's like, oh, because if, if we're there, then, you know, we're seen to have money and then it's going to attract people with money to come to their place and they'll be offering us free booze and all that stuff. But you'll you'll see some girls going after a lot of the a lot of the guys at tournaments, too. It's it's pretty funny. Plus, plus Trevor's like six, six. Oh. So he's like a celebrity. Yeah. Over there. When, when I was when I how was tall in, are you? Uh six two. When I was when I was in school, we went to Japan and played in the Topi Cup. Oh, that's when you were with Patton. And oh. we went we went out in downtown Tokyo, and they thought oh, Patton God. Patton Kazire, who's six four and blonde, they thought he was like a god. I mean, they were they loved they absolutely loved Patton. That's why I, it is it is so cool over there in Japan. I I I went over there two years ago for the u.s open sectional qualifier and i i thought that was just the best place of all time like it, it really makes me want to do the japan tour q school this year just because i loved it so much did you go to rapongi as they call it rapongi what's that's, that that's what they called like the downtown district you got in the uh, cab and you were like rapongi and they just took you uh, down to the clubs that. you <laughs> you were asking about women briefly there 
Trevor has been, he, he's done something that I've never done in my life in regards to Hooters. Oh, he's been doing he's been doing international Hooters. Oh, no. In yeah, China? In China. Oh, yeah. So, I, nope. you know, obviously, everybody knows how JP has a, a good taste for Hooters. <laughs> so I, I, I was I was in Beijing and I went to this like Western district where like all the foreign embassies are. And all of a sudden I see this Hooters. I was like, oh, man, I got to go in there, <laughs> go in there and. I uh, literally, I was thinking about you, JP. I was like, I gotta go in there for JP and just he, see what this place has to offer. He sent me a video from it back then. JP just showed me the video. Yeah, isn't that like? <laughs> it, so this video is like, all of a sudden I'm having dinner and all of a sudden like the YMCA music just comes on. All the waitresses <laughs> like huddle over into, <laughs> into their uh, into a nice line and they do the most unenthusiastic YMCA dance you've ever seen in your life. Oh, <laughs> those girls are just... was the was the menu the same all... as the Hooters you run into over here? What's that? Was the menu the same? Yeah, they alter it a little bit. I mean, you can't get any, you can't get any like boneless wings and things like that. It's it's a little different. But can, can you get snow crab one. legs? Yeah, they don't do that. I wouldn't eat that over there. <laughs> that's not that's not trustworthy. Is it trustworthy over here at Hooters? <laughs> that's a good question you would know <laughs> <laughs> what what foreign chains or sorry what foreign what domestic chains they have mcdonald's oh yeah and that, they're saviors man oh so you uh, eat a lot of mcdonald's over there it's it's funny i mean when you get to a new city that you've never really been before it's like all right where's like a restaurant that you're not going to get sick at right and then if you can't find one of those it's like all right where's the and they'll have a mcdonald's they'll be Maybe a Burger King. KFC is everywhere. Oh, KFC is everywhere. You'll once in a while find a Pizza Hut, a Subway, and Starbucks are everywhere. So those are like the kind of like, you know, like when you need a little a little saving and make sure you're not going to get sick, you go there because the quality is pretty much the same as it is over here. Now you have to take caddies on the PGA Tour China, right? Uh, it depends on the place depends um if they have enough caddies they'll give it we have to take them all four rounds but if they don't then we have to have push carts for the first two rounds and then they give us caddies for the weekend gotcha now Mm -hmm. most of those caddies i've I've talked to you before and that's kind of why i'm bringing it up but some of them like are pretty inexperienced and what's the best story you've seen where they've kind of messed something up oh well i got a good I got a good like caddy trying to cheat for their player story. This is sad, but um, I'm playing with the. This you know, this just kind of goes back. You know, everyone's kind of heard of like the Chinese are a little dodgy when it comes to uh, the rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a little it's a little different. There's a, some there's some good fringe area, but um, in general, I really don't think that that's like a real issue. It's always just a couple of guys, and then everyone just generalizes it over everybody. But they really don't know the rules well. So this is one time where we're in this city called Chunda, and um, a buddy of mine lives down here in Jupiter, actually, and he's, he, uh, he sees Craig Harmon, too, JP. There we go. He, um, he hits it right one for this par five on, and two, and there's a hazard right of the green and it's, it's a playable hazard, but he hits it over there. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it might be up, but if we can't find it, it's definitely in the hazard. And I mean, he's, he's an honest guy and he's fine with it. So we're all looking around. It's been a, been a couple minutes. Next thing you know, his caddy says, Oh, I found the ball. I found the ball. So I walk over there cause I was closest. I looked down. I was like, yeah, this is, this is your marks and everything. He walks over there and, and he like turns to me and goes, Hey Trevor, I'm sorry, but this is a two with my marks and I was playing a three. He's like, That's it's my ball, but it's not my ball. <laughs> so his caddy <laughs> wouldn't threw it down in there. His caddy threw the ball down. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Love that hustle. Yeah, I mean the the kid wanted a nice tip, you know. He can't blame the kid. Right. He didn't know. He didn't know better. So no. <laughs> Wow. That's the thing. He just didn't know better. So uh yeah, he was a little pissed off, and I mean, he's he's a really good dude, so he was like, 
hey, man, like, I'm firing him right now, and I'm going to push the rest of the back nine. It was on the ninth hole, so the caddy had an easy walk back at least. But uh, <laughs> that was that was my first little caddy experience. That was my first year over there, too. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, it makes you wonder what goes on with not an honest guy. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I hate, the, I hate to say it, but these new rules just kind of make it easier for the guys that are a little more on the fringe, too. Just It's just, it's a little odd to me what they're doing out there. <laughs> like what i feel like well, the rules are pretty easy yeah well no there's this new rule now where when you're playing lift clean in place you don't have to put a t down or mark your ball you can just pick it up now you and can then you change can, your ball too i think and then you can clean it and then you put it back but i don't know i just i just find it really weird when a guy's walking down the middle of the fairway and just picks up his ball cleans and throws it down like does he really know where the ball was? You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm still marking my ball. Yeah, like how hard is it to put a tee down? Yeah, I, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't know that was a new rule. We've been. Yeah, and like, what's the point of the USGA doing that? Because it's, I mean, if there was integrity in the game, it's just it, it's not going to change anything. But the guys that were a little on, little bit of the, on the edge, I would say, like it just makes it easier for them to do that. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Well, speaking of caddies, I mean, JP caddied for you at. It's second stage, second what, two stage. years ago? So it's, it, you know it's you know what's interesting about me caddying for Trevor at Q School? What? Like 35 years ago, my dad caddied for Jeff at final stage and got him through. Yeah. But you didn't you didn't get Trevor through second stage. I didn't stage. get Trevor no. through second stage. What but but we've had a, even make it we never even made any friends out there either. Stuart there are no friends at Q School. Yeah. That's impossible for no. JP to not make friends. <laughs> no, I told Trevor I got there and, and Trevor's like, Oh my buddy's over here. Let's go play practice around him. I'm like, Trevor, we're at Q School. There's, there's no friends there's at Q no School. <laughs> so the whole week <laughs> that, that was our motto the whole week. We we even saw our buddy Gavin and I don't even know if Gavin will listen to this, but we're like, yeah, Gavin's not our friend this week. <laughs> so, well, but what I was getting we had to... A, we had a beer with his dad, but not Gavin. <laughs> Gavin's not our friend that Taking week. Taking that <laughs> serious. <laughs> Taking that serious. So, is, with JP as a caddy, how would you rate his strength? What are his strengths and weaknesses as a caddy? Oh, man. You know, I got to say, JP's a pretty impressive caddy. I mean, if you look at his resume and you go down the list. I Nancy mean, Lopez? Oh, I mean, there's some studs on there. Yeah. I hope one day that my name will be the highlight of that list, but there's some studs <laughs> on that list. It's it's insane. But uh, <laughs> he, you know, he was a great caddy. You know, my favorite thing with you, JP, was you know you're super positive out there, and I'm sure you you give that to your guys out there at Piedmont. But you know, you know, we make a bogey or whatever. It's you know, it's not a big deal. You know, we're gonna make more birdies. Or, and just always like playing into my head that I'm good enough to be keep you know make it through this. Yeah, we had it going for a little. We had it cooking a couple of those rounds. We had it going. I mean, yeah. we had a we had a nice little back nine charge until uh, I think when I made a bogey on that part five, and that kind of just kind of set it out. It was tough. I mean, they were they were going lower than that. I thought they would have gone at that course. Do you we actually, remember? We played a practice round remember? with Joe Keen Neiman. Yeah, yeah, we played with him. And then, do you remember this one part though? It was on the the 70, 70th hole playing with Matt Neesmith that last round. Yeah. And Stuart, so Matt Neesmith's got, you know, he's, he's got, we got three holes left and he's probably got to make birdie two of the holes coming in to get through. We figured, and he's got about 10 feet for birdie and on this tough par three, really makeable putt. And the caddies standing next to us watching him. And then right in the background of, of his guy putting, was the next pulse tee and the guy we, we me and jp are looking at each other this guy's gonna hit his tee shot right as matt neesmith's about oh, to yeah. this putt. and you can see you it remember? clear as day it's right behind it, him. it was like the most obvious thing you've ever seen like this was gonna happen like the timing of everything it, this was gonna happen and we didn't want to stop like, it it's not yeah. us. it's not us it's not it's not our thing to stop him you know and i think i feel like you would you would stop me in that position it, 100%. Wasn't it, it was easy to see like oh and he left it, and that guy hit that tee ball right when he was in the backstroke. And I mean, that putt never had a chance. Oh, it was it was just like a jerk, jerk reaction, just pop. Oh, oh, that's terrible. So bad. And he had and a great could... shot in his part. It wasn't an easy part three. The pin was kind of in this little tough spot where it was kind of a funnel pin, but it, you had to hit a really good shot to get it there, and he did. 
Oh, and that, that tee was, box was, I mean, it was right there. He probably ended up missing by one or, I mean, maybe two, but man, I always look back on that, man. What if he, what if he just backed off? You know, I, I if forgot, he had, if I he had a caddy that. that was really knowing, know of, knowing of all that stuff, you know, he had JP his caddy didn't really know shit. Yeah. He, he had no JP with him. <laughs> JP was on his back. He'd get through. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun week though. We were down yeah, in Alabama, just crushing it. Isn't there are big hooters down there. We didn't find one. Oh, never we mind. See it. I thought there was one down there. I think it's gone. If there was, yeah. I mean, y'all would have sniffed it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for sure. I mean, if if Trevor's going to one in China and and JP's trying to check every one of them off his list, mm-hmm. you know, definitely would have gone to one. So JP, when you're making the trip over to Beijing, we're going to that one, huh? Oh God, I gotta update my passport and. Get a get little bit more, get, get some more funds in my bank account to buy that plane <laughs> ticket. I guess there's not much else stopping me. So, so Trevor, let's go back. So, the you've had three events this year, is that right? Yeah, three events. So, how many events will you have for the year over there? Uh, we're scheduled to have a lovely more, so 14 events. Okay, um, it's so, it's kind of tough how they uh. They, they can't really make a schedule. It's kind of weird. So uh, they do like three event intervals. So we know the next three events, and then after that, we have no idea what's going on. Really? <laughs> yeah. When, when will they let you know? Uh, I mean, they'll give us at least a three-week notice. Okay. But so, <laughs> you might be you might be teeing it up next week. <laughs> and, and what are the, what are the purses you play for over there? Um. Well, the, the the purse is actually in Chinese yuan, so it it fluctuates, you know, based on the dollar. But uh, it's it's about I think about two hundred forty thousand U.S. purses. Okay, so that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's it, the part of the reason why I went over there. It's it's the best of the three developmental tours. It's it's more than Canada, more than Latin America, and it's less taxes. So it's an ATM I, I, for I, you. <laughs> uh it, it has been the last three events at least but uh so walk yeah, us you, through this win i mean for the for the people weird, out there a weird week the, yeah, yeah. The, the people out there that don't know this story too well uh trevor won in the pga tour china a couple weeks ago he was leading after three rounds playing great golf you're leading by three or four weren't you uh two two, two. and uh going to the final round somebody who had actually played college golf over here in the u.s had missed a cut in the tournament and uh, passed away to natural causes. And uh, mm-hmm. they, they found him in his hotel room and ended up calling off the final round with Trevor leading. And yeah, it was a very weird Yeah, I mean, how crazy. Like, walk us through kind of what happened with you that the final morning or the yeah, morning well, of the it, final round. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. I mean, I'm never, I'm never going to really forget this, so. No, you're so not. So I woke up, you <laughs> no. know, and, I, and I was, you know, I was obviously just like any other person would be. I was, you know, excited and nervous and all that, and and I, uh, I it was kind of funny, but I, I forgot to charge my phone that night, so I wake up and my phone's on like fourteen percent. I was like, God damn! So I, uh, I put my phone on the charger, and I walk down to breakfast, meet my buddy down there, and we got a group chat of like five or six of the guys out there from the U.S. that are playing every week, so. He's on the group chat, and uh, he was on the um, the opposite wave. So he was, like, last off the temple. So me and him were having breakfast, and he's like, huh, like, I just got an email. We're, we're 30 minutes delayed. And I was like, really? That's that's really odd. I mean, we look outside, and, I mean, it's, it's perfect. This place is – it's like the Hawaii of China. It's called Sanya, and uh, it was about 90 degrees sunny every single day we were there. Just perfect. And, uh, yeah, so he gets this email and said 30 minutes delayed. And so we're just thinking that's really odd. And then a couple of guys in the group chat text and I don't have my phone on me. So I'm just kind of getting this information through him. And then he's like, Oh, this is weird. And they said there's gonna be another delay. So now it's delayed an hour. And then an- another buddy said that he saw like a rules official crying. And then one thing lets another, I'm just at breakfast. And then he just says, Hey, um, our buddy Charlie just texted me that you won. They canceled the the, the round today. 
I had, it was just all within like 30 minutes. I was just like, it went from 30 minutes delay to an hour delay. And then next thing you know, they're telling me I won. So it was a really weird thing. And then, then we find out a couple of the guys, you know, the, his roommate woke up, he wasn't moving, obviously. Then he calls a couple of his, a couple of his buddies and they try to do some CPR on him and to no avail. And then uh, the PJ tour guys decide, you know, they have so much on their hands trying to figure out the, the coroner, the Chinese government law regulations with the death and the foreign body and what they need to do that they just couldn't handle hosting a tournament. And then the poor guy's trying to do CPR on them. I mean, how can you play after really witnessing like a good buddy of yours pass away like that, you know? Oh, that's great. So, I mean, that is literally one of the, the strangest stories. Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that, really. Very, really sad. I, I didn't know him too well. I'm, I, the one thing I do know from him, I mean, he was a seriously good hard worker. I mean, the only times I really saw him, he was on the range just grinding. It's, I mean, you just hate to see something like that. The guy really passionate about his, his profession. He, and then, was, he was a good dude. I mean, this, I guess it's really, you know, odd. I guess you end up winning. It's a great day. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah. talked to Trevor yesterday. And, I mean, you, you look at all these other people when PGA Tour China, PGA Tour Latin America, WebDot, they get a picture with the trophy. They get a picture with the big check. They get all that stuff. They skipped over the, everything for Trevor, and yeah, I mean, with but, with decent reason, but yeah, at the same I, time, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm not, I'm not gonna be calling the PGA headquarters anytime soon to say, "Hey, give me a picture of a, a big check." <laughs> I mean, that's just not right, you know. But yeah, but it's it's still, it's still I mean, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, that, that's something to where if you don't, if you're not able to handle it well, that can uh, throw a throw a wrench into kind of the direction you go with your career. To be honest, yeah. I mean. It's not easy it's, to it's not easy to take in. Yeah, it, it was it's it was a weird a really weird day because I mean I was I had this like whole spiral of emotions like man like super sad about this and you know the guy just got married last year too and you know his, starting his whole life with his wife and I'm feeling all this you know like you know really like sorrow for the guy and his family and the next thing I'm like well I just I just won this is huge for my career and then. I was like, man, I, well, I got to be sad, but then I got to be happy. It, it was just a very weird, weird, yeah. like I 24 mean, hours. When you're like in the final group on Saturday at the U.S. Open this year, they're going to be like, Trevor Sluman won a PGA Tour China event due to this. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it, Well, I mean, I'm, it's, it's going yeah. to keep coming up. It's, I mean, it's, it's, oh, it'll it, definitely. It's your first up. PGA Tour sanctioned event. I think you handle it well. I'm not concerned about that. You've I got, appreciate that, yeah. I mean, I, I talked to you a bunch through it. I was talking to you on that Sunday and yeah. you had, I mean, you say all the right things. So thanks. thanks. You, you, yeah. you've, you've clearly got it figured out and whatever you're doing, keep doing it. But, uh, so I don't you, know. Have I mean, you had an event since then? You we did. had one more yeah. event after that. The next, the, like the next week. Yeah. So, um, that was in, uh, that was in a city called Heiko, which was, about two hours drive north and it was 110 degrees sweltering hot and oh man it was it was brutal 30 people withdrew from that event it was just so hot your your recall on these yeah on these (laughs) Stuart shakes his names every time you say a city Stuart shakes his head he's like (laughs) and he he, he's just dying for me to try and pronounce it (laughs) (laughs) you want to know the the next place we're going uh chinguan dao Ching Dao. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ching Dao, great place. It's where the Great Wall meets the ocean. Now, what <laughs> nice. about, I mean, your schedule's up in the air a little bit where, like, yeah. let's say let's say you get into the BMW. Do you come back? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my, it's, I got a lot of things up in the air. So, I mean, like I, like I was talking about, I have that partial web status still, so, um, I'm still thinking, you know, of trying to get into a couple events, and I think the win helps my my sponsor invites hopefully to get in. But at the same token, it's like, man, I, do I really want to be in because I have I gotta like try to keep committing to the PGA China to try to win that order of merit, and then I'll be set for next year. Whereas 
kind of like grasping at straws this year on the tour right now. So yeah, but if you get into an event and you make any kind of money, you get in the reshuffle, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say any type of money. I probably at this point after the two reshuffles have to be a have to be a top fifteen, top twenty to get through. Okay. So is your your partial web status from right now is based on the ninth ninth place last yeah. year, and then yeah, you went the web finals, and you said you didn't improve it any. Yeah, I didn't improve it at all. I, I, I finished, I shot 12 under, which was about like five shots out of improvement. Okay. So, so I didn't really get much out of it, but um, I actually went and Mondayed into uh, the Columbia event. Eagled the playoff is, hole. Yeah, I was in a seven for two playoff hole, and I eagled the first playoff hole hold out from, <laughs> from 40 yards in the fairway. That that brings me to... In... And we're we're kind of getting deep into this. We've we we're hitting forty minutes. I don't want to take a ton of your time here, so we'll try and get and get to the end here. But uh, that brings me to Trevor Sluman's life motto. <laughs> do, do you want to tell? Do, do you want to tell us what it is and explain it? Uh, I I don't even know how this even starts, but yeah, you know, you you've, you've always had this theory. Yeah, you you yeah. tell the story. So JP's brother and I. Are very good buddies and i think it was like i was visiting him one weekend in dc and talking about you know i think this is at the time i was like at taos and thinking about transferring he's like man aren't you worried about things you know like i mean do you want to stay at taos and like what about your like your golf and i was like dude you know it's all gonna work out it always works out <laughs> so like no matter what happens in trevor's life it's it's gonna know, work out he, he just shrugs it off he missed second stage yeah whatever it'll work out he goes oh, to china top 10s china I like that motto. Yeah, he's he's got it's, it, and it sure it all works out. That's just <laughs> how it is. See, we have a our motto in Tuesday night golf is play better. Everything's <laughs> always everything works yep. out if you play better. Play better. That's what my college my my assistant coach in college just told me: make more birdies, and then you'll get to play more. <laughs> you know who the assistant coach is now at Louisville? Um, no, Justin Tereshko. You know Justin. I don't know him. I, I um, he's a good amateur player. I've heard, I've seen the name. Yeah, I, I thought you'd met him at the Monroe one year. He's been playing the Monroe mm. for five or six Has years. He? Yeah. No way. No, I, I don't think I've ever met him. He shot sixty three in the final round of the Monroe last year. Whew. Yeah. So he's. He's got. I, I bet the players are learning. I mean, they're having a great season, so I'm sure he's doing a good job teaching these guys. Then. Yeah, they got it, they got it going. Yeah, that's good. Now the the title of our podcast is Auto Press, right? Yeah. What's the biggest auto press move you see through professional golf day to day? What do you mean by that? So uh, like, like, actual... like, like you show up to the first tee and the guy you're playing with is wearing a white belt. He gets auto pressed or he's got a ball <laughs> retriever in his bag. He gets auto pressed or he's wearing a skinny <laughs> visor auto press. You know, Stuart, like... you're, Stuart you're going to love this story. <laughs> So JP's caddying for me in Dothan, Alabama. And we get to the first tee and the guy we're playing with has an AJGA towel. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah. This, this is in Q school. This is in Q school. This is in Q school. The guys we're at second stage Q school and JP looks at me and he goes, man, you are going to dust this guy. He's living <laughs> in the past. He sucks. He's got an AJGA towel. So we're meeting you on the first tee. We're walking down the fairway, and the guy's, you know, the classic, you know, like, where are you from? Where are you from? I was like, Rochester, New York. And he goes, oh, I've been there. I played in AJGA there. Oh, and my JP God. Looks at him and JP looks at him and goes, is that where you got that towel? <laughs> <laughs> the guy was like, nah, this is a different one, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the guy that... ends up shooting, what, 62 course record? Yeah, it was uh, Webb, right? Adam <laughs> Webb? No, no, no. It was um, Matt O'Shrine. Oh, so I got that completely wrong. That web kid Matt. went deep, too. So yeah. the kid with the AJGA bat, uh, towel shot 62? Yes. Yeah. I think it was 62. Jeez. and I mean, he obviously got through pretty pretty easily. and uh, He beat Trevor. So that's why I don't think I'm ever going <laughs> to do a big auto press like that anymore after what JP did to me. Oh, <laughs> damn it. All right. Well, if we can't get an auto press move... What about like your best Jeff Sluman story? Best Jeff Sluman story that you uh, that you've experienced. 
man, this guy, he's, he's got, he's just got an incredible hand eye and that's not he's a story. Just a gamer. No, Come no. On, so man. he's just, a, he's just a big gamer. And after his season, I would say I think it was like two years ago he, after the Charles Schwab cup, he always, he always takes at least two months off, just doesn't touch a golf club at all. And at that time he was living in Chicago and he just flew down and it was like, it was like January 1st. He hadn't touched the club since late October, early November. Flew down the next day we played golf and at Seagate. He had one little range. Yeah, at Seagate, one little range session. And it was probably the easiest 66 I've ever seen in my life without touching the club for two months. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's just incredible hand eye. He just he can golf his ball. That's Hold still- on. So you're so you're like six two, isn't he? Like five six. Yeah, yeah, I got a little, I got a little bit of height on him, a little bit more length too. That's still not a great story. What about the time you were playing with him when he was like nine under through eight, and went to dinner? <laughs> I think he was playing with Harmon. Oh, it wasn't even with you? No, I don't think I was there. I think he was playing with Harmon. I heard about that though. Oh, so he was playing with our, with our buddy Ben Harmon. Was it with Ben or Craig? Ben. He was playing with Ben and. He got to like nine hundred through ten or eleven. I was like, ah, I might be pushing it for dinner. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home. So he just <laughs> left the course. Just not worried about it. Yeah, it's that's, all it all worked out for him. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> Roland Thatcher, who we talked to a few weeks ago, I don't know if you remember. He played at Auburn, but supposedly at the late course one day he was in Auburn. He was ten under through fifteen. And left, did, or ten out through sixteen, didn't play seventeen or eighteen, and told the guys that that meant more to them than it did to him. What? <laughs> he didn't finish. Well, they, I mean, just like uh, I mean, I don't, I don't need to finish. I'm ten under through sixteen. <laughs> there's a there's a story. Um, so the the country club of Rochester, Stewart, the Phil Mickelson uh, story. Yeah. So Let's when you cross it. the road, there's you have you after 16th hole, you like you cross the road into the pro shop area and play 17 and 18. And I think he was like, t- if he parred out the last two holes, he would have tied the, the the course record. And he went into the pro shop and asked who had the course record. And it was a long, long time pro there, um, Sam Rosetta. And when he found that out, he just went to the parking lot and just he, left. He just, he just quit. <laughs> Sam Rosetta won the USAM back in the day. So he just wasn't going to beat it. He didn't want to beat the record. No, I guess I guess yeah. that used to be a thing. Like way back in the day, if you were a pro, you never took the pro's course record you if had you the could record, beat it. If he had the record at his own course, yeah, you would never. Yeah, if you were a pro, like an amateur could go do it, but tour pros would never touch it. So it was during the PGA. He he played that morning at Oak Hill. Look at went Phil. over and played CCR and was just killing it. Just killing it. Yeah. Well, real quick, let's get. I mean, so. Where, did you get to watch the Masters? Yeah, yeah, it was actually really great that they moved up the tee times. So I had like a little prime time Sunday night at nine thirty. Oh, okay. Watched it till two a.m. What'd you think Got about it? Were you oh. as excited as JP was? Now I was excited it's weird too. To say, but... I, I think I was like more nervous than I've ever been in for myself in golf. Just watching that, <laughs> I was so excited. I'm a huge Tiger guy. Oh, we are too. Yeah, I'm. I'm a huge Tiger guy. So I mean, that was. I mean, that's got to be one of my top moments right now watching golf. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, I got I got one more question that came up. Um, <laughs> Christmas time. Yeah, this is the one I knew was going to pop up. You did? <laughs> Let's hear What's the question? I've, I've Snapchatted it before, but we got a pretty legendary beer pong tournament going on on Christmas Day. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I was amazed last year, no, maybe two years ago, watching this on JP Snapchat. It's so fun. I, I I put it all in my story too. All my buddies were like, "Man, I got to be invited to this thing next year." It's, so who, it's awesome. So, who's your partner? Do you have a my steady Harman. partner, Ben Harmon? Yeah, Ben Harmon. Okay. So this year, yeah. my brother and I were making a run for the finals, and <laughs> Trevor, on his Snapchat story, from a bad angle. So you know how angles can mess with golf swing? This first ang- off, Stuart, Stuart, first off, this had no change in anything. They still won the match. But, but go one on. of our best friends in the world here, 
that we're talking to, Trevor, pulled out this Snapchat from a weird angle that made it look like Ben's elbow was across the table, even though it wasn't. And they ended up calling the balls back, putting more cups on the table, this and that. So we disavowed friendship with Trevor at the time. We've since rekindled this, but... We've rekindled. There was a period in time to where me and, me and Ben, for like days, were just... <laughs> so the dispute was that his arm was over the table? His, his elbow, yeah. He, oh, well, oh first my God. Off, first off, they were calling elbows on us the whole entire night. <laughs> Well, Trevor and, Trevor and Ben have folks. really long arms. Ben looks like Tony Fino. His arms, like, drag on the ground. So, like, they're, like, basically dropping the balls in our cup. Yeah. You know, it was it was a whole bunch of nonsense, but we've moved uh, I'm we've, a competitive guy. I'm sorry, CP. It's water under the bridge. Yeah, right? but, but it wasn't even a match that you were in. That's what got us. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be on our side. So, so now here we are four months later, and you're still debating it. <laughs> The elbow was across the line. That's all we know. need to know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. You got anybody you want to shout out to? Seagate? Shout out Seagate and Callaway Golf helping me out. Awesome stuff. And can't wait to give you playing some golf while we go to TPC Sawgrass, huh, JP? Yeah, me and Trevor are going to make a little run over to uh, Jacksonville and hit a few balls in the water on 17. Nice. Just kidding because I stripe it. <laughs> So so May May fifth, you're heading back to China for yeah. three weeks. Three weeks this trip. Uh Beijing, Qinghuangdao, and Nantong. Man, you're nailing these pronunciations. Oh yeah. Full China. You should see him. I I'd love to get live video of Trevor over there. <laughs> he he walks around. You should see Trevor's got this little strut when he walks. I'll bet you I'll bet you when he's in China, his chest is just exploding. He's just like Oh yeah, he's just looking around. He Trevor like he kind of floats when he walks. It's, now, it's now, amazing. Are any of these events ever on TV or streamed or anything? Yeah, actually, yeah. every single every single one of them are. So they we, do we, a phenomenal job. If you would send us a, send me the link, I can get it going on our Twitter. Yeah, they. Um, I'm actually talking to our player liaison. She's gonna like. I was telling her like she needs to send out the link for everybody because you know like a lot of the guys' parents and friends and yeah. they all want to watch and. It's it's tough to find, obviously. So she's gonna start doing that now. She said, so I'll, I'll be sending them well, to you. Ben and I were together at the one, and we were about to start watching it, and th- then it just got canceled. <laughs> In a good way, though, for me. Yeah, hey, hey, what do we say? Everything works out. <laughs> it all works out, JP. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on for this, man. Yeah, that was. Fun. We look forward to following. No, I appreciate, it, guys. Big fan of the pod. You guys are doing a great job. 